When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politics on the Five Lab Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on the water boy. You guys got to stick around for the show. Because there's a lot of states that are going to be taking on ESA, school choice programs, uh, starting in January. And you need to be thinking clearly about how to fight this. Because we don't want to fight socialism with socialism. Secondly, um, our magazine. is yes. out, Our latest magazine out. American Marriage Sodomized. And I was reading through this article. This author wrote this article. It's really interesting. you. Yeah. It, actually, I wrote I wrote. wrote. <laughs> Right. You're going to read from and your own article. I'm going to read wow. from my own article. So I did humble. this every magazine. I did this last time, too. You so remember? much humility. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just to tease you. Um, so, um, you know, the, my, the title of my article is Politics of Marriage. Didn't you tell people to stick around okay. for the show? I did. I did. I uh, see pol- why pol- now. Politics of Marriage. <laughs> and um, towards the end of one of the paragraphs says, Christians for far too long have, landed their ki- have, have handed their kids over to the world through public education, rampant individualistic word- worldviews, Withholding their kids from participating in church life, worshiping together, participating in sacraments, and viewing their kids as unbelievers until the kids hopefully and eventually are brought to the Lord's Supper or baptized upon confession. Yeah. I originally um, just had the baptized upon confession. And uh, Rep Burns called me. He's like, man, it looks like you're just taking a shot at Baptist. And I was like, well, I I, I mean, I kind of was. Right, <laughs> and, and then, and then he he said, "Well, uh, you know, is there a way you can, you know, take a shot on both sides?" And I was like, "That's a great idea." Yeah, yeah. don't you? Love, so, I love my Baptist so, friends. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, I what? was You're like, right. "Thank you, Red. You right?" And so I didn't hit all of us. Yeah, so I, I said, you know, and so <laughs> or, or until the kids Presbyterian, <laughs> hopefully, and eventually are brought to the Lord's Supper, which is our Presbyterian brothers. Yeah. Or are eventually baptized upon confession. He's like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, thank you, Red. And then lastly. <laughs> Lastly, it says, "Oh, you got more. Don't starve your kids. This is actually uh, important. don't need to buy the magazine. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is actually the article is way better than the quotes yeah. I'm giving you. Dave's gonna read the whole thing right here. <laughs> These are just like okay quotes. Okay, you know, okay. like like six out of ten. You know, <laughs> we got we got Toby coffee. going. We got yeah. Toby going. It, it says, don't oh don't goodness. starve your kids. Feed them. If parents are insecure about God's promises." then it should not be surprising that your kids grow up and be insecure about their faith. Yeah. Mm. And, and this Dr. is what... Dr. This Dr. you want to read from your article? This is what, <laughs> go on, go on, go on for it, go for it. My article <laughs> is the least of these. All right? You guys got to get this magazine. Worth, you got to get it. Price of the magazine. <laughs> American marriage sodomized, all right? Every time I write an article, I'll make sure you get a quote. Great show. <laughs> this year, our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky on the politics of six-day creation. The politics of six-day creation is the difference between a fixed standard of justice and a careening standard of justice. The difference between 
the corrosive relativism that creates mobs and anarchy, and the freedom of objectivity, truth, and due process. The politics of six-day creation establishes the authority and the sufficiency of God's word for all of life. From what is a man? What is a woman? What is marriage? When does human life begin? How is human society best organized? All of that is found in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Preach. All there. Man. So come out, join us. Here, Ken Ham, Pastor Doug Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Dr. Gordon Wilson, Gabe. Uh, Joe Rigney, That's right. um, Michael uh, Foster. Foster. Yes. Um, Gabe will be there. I'll have a quote for you. And, and he's he's going to bring up his, his magazine and read you a quote from his article. Uh, we'll be doing a live show on Christian nationalism. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, with, with Joel Webbin, Stephen Wolf, and Pastor Joel. Doug. Uh, Webin, so and Pastor Doug, yeah, yep. we're really grateful to have that, them for the yep. live show. Uh, so mark your calendars, October 11th to the 14th, as we fight, laugh, and feast with beer and psalms. That's right. Our amazing lineup of speakers, rowdy Christian merch, mm. Sabbath feast to wrap it all up mm. on Saturday evening. Um, and don't forget, um, club members, you hundred dollars off. You get a hundred dollars off your registration. You're so losing money if you don't sign up. Practically like losing money. Yeah. And if you're not a club member yet, this is a great time to join. Yeah. Uh, get your club membership, then go over and register and get that hundred dollars off. Um, and uh, visit Fight, Laugh, Feast to find all of that information and register today. And, and there's emails coming out. We do a pastor's lunch yeah. on Friday. We do a business CEO lunch on uh, uh, Saturday. So there'll be emails coming out to be able yeah. to sign up for that. The pastor's lunch is free. The business lunch is like 25 bucks. There's also a pre-business like conference. And then there's a pre-business conference where we got the CEO of Gibson Go, right the CEO off. of Maddox, and our boy Dave Bonson. I mean, yeah. that... Oh. That's uh, four hours. And then we do a little cross politics does a kind of a, 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 round, a, table a round table discussion at the end. So it's four hours. Very quick, but very last, it, last it, year's conference is fantastic. Bi business, business, business makers can sign up for that at fightlabfeast.com. It's like 50 bucks or 49, yep. 59, something like that. Come, come for the conference. Stay come through on. Saturday for the business luncheon. Yep. Write the whole thing off. That's yeah, right. I, I do have to say the Fight Laugh Feast conference is one of the most high value conferences out there. I mean, where, I, else, I, I, where else do you get free beer? Uh, <laughs> Which which Christian what conference? Christian which Christian conference? You know, I was talking, I was talking to Virgil Grace Walker. Maybe this is probably the only other one. I, I was know? talking to Virgil Walker when I was down in Atlanta, and he's like, "Man, why do you do that? Why don't you charge for that? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> why don't you charge for that? Because we're Christians." I was like, Christian. "Virgil, you're a Baptist. We're Presbyterians. We like to give it away." Oh, <laughs> hey, we're really grateful to have with us right now, Dr. Ooh. Tom Askew. He's uh, is the Southern Arizona coordinator of Arizona Christian School Tuition Organization. That's the ACSTO. Okay. Arizona's largest scholarship organization for private schools. Tom has been involved with the ACSTO since 2001 and has been a school coordinator for 33 schools in Southern Arizona. Tom's career as teacher and administrator spans 48 years, oh, gee. with oh. 47 of those years in private Christian schools. He's also a U.S. Army veteran and spent two years as a missionary in Hong Kong. Tom, Golly. thanks for joining us on Cross Politics. Yeah. What a resume. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Well, appreciate you. And I went us. to junior college, you know, and he's like an army veteran, spent time in Hong Kong. He uh, didn't have two lives by the time I was I born. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, um, I'm a really old dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we love talking to old dudes. Yep. Um, and and as you know, um, as Gabe mentioned at the beginning of the show, one of the um, there's a massive swell going on in our country now, right now where it is very popular uh, to be talking about school choice, ESA. um, ESAs, voucher programs, all this kind of stuff. Yep. 
um, and there's been a few bills passed, and there's a bunch coming. And so it's a very strategic moment, particularly for those of us who are committed to Christian education, who believe that um, government schools have have been basically enslaving us and enslaving our land for uh, for far too long. Mm. So um, I believe that we are with you 110% on breaking government school monopoly. Uh, but I, but I got to ask you, um, when Arizona passed their ESA bill, I think it was last year or the, or the year before, um, why was it so bad? Well, you're presupposing that I agree with you that it was bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, it's difficult to answer that without giving you some history. That's the teacher in me. Yep. Um, because, uh, that bill didn't come out of a vacuum. It has an enormous uh, background to it. And that background has safeguards built into it that keep it from being as bad as you may think it is. Um, the the uh, Arizona was a pioneer in school choice in 1997. In 1997, the first uh, school um, school choice tax credit law was passed for scholarships in of any state in the country. And since 1997, 19 other states have copied Arizona's law. But I always ha- hasten to add, none are as generous as Arizona's law in terms of the tax credit scholarship program. ESAs came along later, and really for a very specific purpose. They were not designed originally just to benefit parents who wanted their kids to get scholarships for private schools. Uh, the first ESA law in Arizona was passed in 2011, and it was specifically for students with disabilities. Uh, some of those happened to be in private schools as well, and so those schools that served those students were able to get some of those funds. But the funds, uh, all ESA funds, are to the benefit of a parent who may choose to use them at a private school as a vendor uh, or at any other kind of vendor. Uh, I'll say more about that later. Uh, Since then, uh, the ESA law has been expanded consistently uh, in 2012 to include students from failing school districts, in 2013 to include brand new kindergartners, in 2014 to include siblings of previous ESA student recipients, and also in 2014 to include students whose parents had been killed in the line of duty. Uh, in 2015 to include students who lived in boundaries of Indian Reservation, and in 2016 to include students of parents who were legally blind, deaf, or hard of hearing. The bill that you refer to as the new bill was, was, as you correctly identified, passed in 2022. And basically, as you can see, uh, rather than just expanding it to more specific populations, it just became a universal bill. All school children, all school-age children in Arizona can receive an ESA. Um, The exact amount varies a little bit from district to district, but it's around $7,000 a year per head. What does does ESA stand for? Education Scholarship Empowerment Scholarship Account. Empowerment Scholarship Account. Whenever anything's called empowerment, think <laughs> Marxism. <laughs> um, no, um, but here's my, I mean, so I read through the bill, the text of the bill from last year, and the things that stood out to me that I'd love to, well, uh, you know, granted, it was a very loaded way of asking the question, and I you know, did that on purpose. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
it worked. And my uh, my question, my concern, the thing that came out to me, the thing that stood out to me was, first of all, um, you have um, the the government education budget in Arizona has ballooned. Like it, the the line is going like this as as ESAs have expanded. It looks to me like it's just adding to the overall government budget for education, which means uh, the government. You know, the more the government money you have, the bigger the government to run it all. That's more socialism. That's higher taxes. And then the other thing that really stood out to me was, in particular, was that students that that take. Um, advantage of the ESA thing for every student that does that there's money being pumped back into the district that they left. Um, it, so it's like, it, it, it's just it, ballooning financially, higher taxes, higher property taxes, more government dependence. And then it looks like even the, the old traditional government schools kind of get kickbacks um, uh, when it happens. How is that good? Yeah, you know, I I forgot when I was preparing my notes for today that you had said that in a previous. This is really what uh, started me wanting to address you uh, about uh, ESAs in Arizona. Uh, it is not true, and I I would have to reread the bill myself to see what you base this on. But I did check with um, my boss, who is um, a former legislator in Arizona, who's watched who's been a leader in the school choice fight in Arizona for over 20 years. And uh, he, he assures me that there isn't actually any money going back to the district that the child leaves uh, to compensate for uh, them getting an ESA for that could be used in a private school. Um, the, the basic uh, mechanism is that the money follows the child. Um, so, uh, in fact, if if what you say were true, the public school teacher unions wouldn't be so upset with us uh, over both tax credit scholarships and ESAs. Uh, the, uh, the the public schools in Arizona average right now about fourteen thousand per head mm. for a student, and forty uh, percent of that comes from property taxes. Another forty to forty five percent from the state budget, the money that you looked at in the bill and uh, 10 to sometimes 18 or 20 percent from federal funds like title one title two and so on um so the only so the money that was allocated for students to go to district schools again was about seven thousand ahead and that money can now instead go to uh vendors that the parents choose uh on behalf of their child where's the other seven thousand going Yes. What you said there was 14,000, right? There was 14,000 per head, per yes. head. but only 7,000 comes from the state budget. The other 7,000 comes from federal and property taxes. So there, so you're saying the state is allocating just the state's funds, uh, 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 part in that budget number. Yes. So okay. what are the 7,000 going? Well, well it's, it's, it's uh, come from the County. The f- well, it, property taxes. No, you know, I think the private school, uh, private schools get no benefit from property taxes. That it doesn't come because what no. happens is the federal government matches the number of actual students. Isn't that right, Tom? No, federal funds aren't based on um, numbers of students. They're based oh. on numbers of students with special needs. Okay, so but I guess the uh, to Knox's question is he's saying so there's there's about so I'm not there's that good at math, but fourteen thousand dollars, about seven k is 
um, given by the state yep. from taxes, uh, somebody opts out and says, I'm going to do an ESA, that 7,000 follows that student. Knox is asking, where is the other 7,000 going? Oh, it's still in the hands of the district. Okay. Right. So that, so that part stays. So now, yeah. you, but now, but that means in, a, in effect though, they, they get, get $7,000 for one less student. So that may be what you misread as they get extra money for students that leave. No, actually, actually, what I was, I looked it up just a second ago while you're reading uh, it, the bill, the, the text of the bill says that they get $600 more um, back added back into their budget when a student leaves. That's in the, the Arizona bill. $600 more? $600 okay, so more. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not tons, but I think you do have, I mean, but, but what you've said though, is if $7,000 stays with the school and then they get additional $600 and they have, and they have a le- one student less, how is that not a raise? Not a raise for what? So if a local school has 10 students mm-hmm. and they're getting a certain number amount of money. $14,000 per kid. And then one of those students leaves. So now they have a little less work to do. Nine Only 7,000 leaves. Right. And 7,000 stays mm-hmm. with, with one less student. It stays in the district. It doesn't stay in the school. The district can allot it wherever it wants to. Okay. Right. So usually by hiring more administrators, <laughs> which See, I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Tom are, are kind of um, as we've been talking about this for two years or so, and uh, you know I think all of us want to break the monopoly of government schools. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. the thing that gets so the thing I get stuck on is fighting. You know socialism. With socialism, um, basically, the money goes to the state regardless or to your county, whatever. The money goes to the government. And then uh, for if you opt out and take an ESA or whatever, the government funds that ESA and is still funding the public schools. And then you can choose where to go to your school of choice. But the government's still recycling that money. That, that, that to me is just like fighting socialism with socialism, which I, I, I'm having a hard time with. Uh, let me see if I can follow what you're saying. Uh, nobody is more opposed to the government continuing to award itself more money uh, for any purpose than we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our position as an organization, ACSTO, and we have been a leader in school choice, as I said, for over 20 years. And, yeah. uh, and long before the ESA law went universal, Thousands of students have received our tax credit scholarships. Mm-hmm. And I, I may say one more historical thing about why that's clean money in a minute. But um, uh, long before then, uh, the, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. The, the point is that uh, schools have always known that uh, we have to protect ourselves from any possible incursion by the government right. on what we do. And so uh, the law has been tested uh, very carefully by lawyers that represent the private Christian schools to assure us every year that there are no requirements of your school that the government can make right. in terms of curriculum, philosophy, anything like that. Right. I, I, <laughs> I want to respond to Toby's thing by saying, uh, yes, we are hoping to break the government monopoly. And so our position as an organization has always been, we support all forms of school choice, uh, out-of-district transfers, charter schools, 
uh, private schools and homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a philosophical position we take legally, but obviously we prefer Christian schools. Right. And that's where our, because we're only a Christian school supporting organization, that's where all our efforts go. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I, I'm, go ahead. I want you to finish your thought first. Go ahead. Oh, so we we are sometimes partners with other people in the school choice movement who aren't Christians. But sure. believe me, at the bottom, at the end, our interest is in supporting and protecting Christian schools. So here's here's the question I have. So let's, you know, one of the things that the incrementalists have gotten wrong in the abortion movement is that they don't have another play after they just run their last one. It just looks like the same play that they've ran last yeah. time. Let's go and 15 so, weeks. Let's go 14 yeah, weeks. Let's and, go 13 and, weeks. And yeah. it's just That's like, extreme. Yeah. It, That's too extreme. Right, right. Too exactly. Extreme. Yeah. Too extreme. And then we step back and then we, yeah. So I guess the question in this case, if you're trying to break the monopoly, what's the next thing that moves up that, that says, okay, this is... Here's the next step. Here's here's how we get towards the end of actually breaking the real monopoly. What's the next step in this, in in your world? Well, I'm not sure other than to continue to steal as many students as we can. Uh, I I will tell you, though, what we think about when we look ahead to the future. Um, You may may know that Arizona has a Democratic government who's very opposed to school choice, ESAs, and every other form of school choice. And she is already, so for example, in the 23 legislature, the session that just ended, there was a very benign bill that would have saved some paperwork and how we do, how we manage tax credit scholarship money in Arizona. And just to make the teachers unions happy, she vetoed it. Although it wouldn't have cost the state a, a cent, or taking any more students away from public school. She just wanted to show that she hates school choice. Um, what, uh, for that reason, she is actively campaigning to get, uh, we only have a slight uh, Republican majority in the state legislature, both the House and the Senate, a couple of votes in each. And she's campaigning very hard right now with tons of Democratic money uh, to get a majority in the legislature in the next election. And that way, she feels she can take, uh, you know, take her war against ESAs and against tax credit scholarships and every other form of school choice. Here's what we say to the schools that we partner with: We partner with 130 Christian schools in Arizona, and as you heard, as you said earlier, I'm responsible for 33 of those. Here's what we say to our schools: And by the way, all of our schools have had an increase in enrollment in the last three years. But it isn't just from the availability of ESAs. What started the enrollment burst was uh, COVID yep. mm-hmm. and the bad response of the public schools in Arizona to COVID. And secondly, comprehensive sexuality education. And I might say more about that mm-hmm. uh, in a minute. But our schools are bursting at the seams. We have waiting lists where I'm, I'm consulting personally right now with three new schools that may open uh, very soon, one by this uh, by this fall, and um, all most of them are adding rooms and buildings. But what we say to our schools consistently is, uh, ESA money hangs by a thread. Uh, it could it could disappear uh, with a new government, new legislature, and so on. But this is your opportunity to take all of these new students that you're getting. And by the way, when we do educational workshops for these new parents 
they are so grateful to be there. They had never thought private school was anywhere in their radar at all. And they love the Christian schools. And they're saying, my, my kids have decent friends now. Where did this come from? Right. We didn't know that was possible. And uh, what we're saying to the schools is, you, may, you need to make your schools so desirable mm -hmm. that if all of this disappears, these families will find a way to stay there. Mm -hmm. I, 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 certainly, I certainly appreciate that point a lot. I think the, the, the flip side of this that I, I think is a pretty massive um, warning um, uh, alarm going off is uh, Canada uh, actually um, was the, you know, one of the first Western school nations, nations. <laughs> uh, that went full yeah. bore on school yeah. choice, which has essentially come to mean uh, that all private schools are under the jurisdiction of the, of, state. Of the, of the state. And, and I, and I, I know that when that was first going down the pike, all the promises and all the language and all the legislation was there that said that private schools can keep being private schools. But we know how Democrats and liberals think about um, sure. constitutions and private laws. Don't mean private. It don't, doesn't really matter to them. Ultimately money uh, is hooks, um, which is actually, I wanted to get back to something you said earlier. Um, you, you mentioned in passing that you thought tax credit money is clean money. And I, and I wanted to give you a chance to explain what do you mean by yeah. that? Well, um, it's, um, it's doesn't come directly from the, uh, the state to our schools. Uh, it comes um, when the law was passed, it just gives taxpayers, this is state income tax. Unfortunately, we have state income tax in Arizona. Right. It gives the state income taxpayer a choice to continue sending his uh, tax money to the Department of Revenue in Phoenix or to donate it to a private school tuition organization. Uh, and we award scholarships for that money. The taxpayer gets um, uh, a receipt from us. And when they file their state income tax, the state looks at that receipt and says, oh, uh, you've already paid your state tax. So uh, here's your normal withholding. And we're adding back to it the $1,000 you contributed to a scholarship organization. But so, how, how so it's actually a donation that they get a tax credit on at the end of the year. It's a donation from a private individual to a private nonprofit. Is, is that money? I mean, so, I mean, a lot of times tax credits is, are different than getting your own income back. Uh, there's a, there's a refund, you know, I paid too much in with holdings and I get my refund, but oftentimes tax credits are actually a small form of socialism where I'm getting someone else's money. They pay. Tax. No, you're getting your own money back. Well, that's what I'm wondering though. A refund is my own money coming back to me, but often a tax credit is money. I like, so early on, for example, when I was making, I'm still make, don't make much, but, you know, <laughs> but when, um, but when I was really poor yeah. and I had three kids or four kids, um, I would, I could see the money that I'd paid into the system and I would claim that to get it back. And then the, the program or, or the tax filer would always ask me, do you want these extra child tax credits? Oh, it, those are like earned income credits. Yeah. No, that's money from the state. Right. That's what I mean. But you're saying this, this credit is not someone else's money. It's your own money. Yes. Okay. And, and furthermore, let me underscore this. Uh, early on, this, popular, this program became very popular in Arizona in the early 2000s. Uh, it was, as I said, it was passed in 1997. And right away, there was a challenge uh, based on the Blaine Amendment. I'm sure you're familiar with that. 
Yes. Every state has a Blaine Amendment that says no government funds can be used to support religious schools. And so a taxpayer <laughs> named uh, Mrs. Wynn, W-I-N-N, challenged that that meant that the tax credit meant that part of her money was going to support religious schools. And uh, it, it uh, I'm not going to give the whole history. It is a fascinating story. But it took it eight years to go through the district and circuit and state courts. And it went, and the first time it went to the uh, Supreme Court of the United States, it didn't, um, it wasn't heard for a technical reason uh, called standing. And then it went back again. And in 2002, the, the, and, and out of the 50 scholarship organizations in Arizona, we were the plaintiff, ACSTL. And uh, the, so the, rec- the law, uh, the Supreme Court decision is on the books, ACSTO versus Win. that this is not government money, this is not state money, this is private money uh, that the private individual uh, chooses to send to a scholarship organization. And the state merely recommends, re- uh, r- recognizes that that's a public benefit and uh, gives them a credit against their state income tax. I know this wouldn't work in in the court, but you know, either this is, is such a either your money is going to fund Christian schools or my money is going to fund pagan ones, right? So how about nobody's making that argument? Like I don't want to fund schools that aren't religious. <laughs> yeah. like oh, that. you know what I mean? Oh, we've complained about that for years. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. You know, so Tom, I want to ask you. You know. As I'm listening to this and I, I keep hearing, I think Christians right now on almost every subject or topic could do with a good counsel. Evangelicals, those that are inside of politics, those that are inside of the church, come together and let's have some counsels and, and figure out how to work through this and make some plays that start from where we are and to where we want to get to and map out how we do it. Because right You're now, right. it seems like that we're all over the place, but we don't have a unified thought about this. And I don't know if we're, I don't know how, I think it's going to take us longer to get there if we don't figure out how to come together on this conversation and say, what are we trying to accomplish? And what are the, what are the steps that we need to take to get there in evangelicalism? That, that's part of the difference between us and the private school uh, uh, subsidies in Canada. Uh, from the beginning, uh, the very first uh, legislator that in Arizona proposed the tax credit law in 1997, was a Christian and a member of a conservative church. And all along, we've had Christians in the legislature. Uh, I mentioned my my boss, uh, Mr. Steve Yarbrough, and he was in the legislature for 20 years and formed the, the school choice caucus in the legislature. And all along, we've had our voices that have, have counseled together and listened to school administrators and worked with us closely to make sure that that we're safe from government intervention. But other school, other states, I have noticed, are not as careful, and their ESA laws could be more uh, restrictive. So I want to hold, hold on, hold on. Okay. Jesus is yeah. Lord in public and in private. Every area of life must be subject to His lordship, and our use of technology is no exception. What captures our attention on the screen either glorifies or dishonors our Lord. That's why accountable to you. That's the word accountable. The number two 
The word you is committed to promoting biblical accountability in our families and our churches. Their monitoring and reporting software makes transparency easy on all your devices so you can say with the psalmist, I will not set anything worthless before my eyes. Guard against temptation with accountable to you. Again, that's the word accountable, the number two, the word you, and live for God's glory. Learn more and try it for free at accountabletoyou.com slash FLF. So just to get clarity in my mind, it, it sounds like the ESA program in Arizona is where a private family donates to one of these scholarships and then they get a receipt to do that's, a tax write-off. That's the old tax credit. No, that's system. the tax credit program. That's not the ESA program. Okay. So um, uh, I'm confused then. What's, what's, what is this Arizona ESA? How's, how's it going from private money to private money to private? How's it not socialism? Well, first of all, let me just say that um, private school families in Arizona do have to choose one of two paths uh, to finance their education if they're not paying out of pocket. So they can't combine ESA money with tax credit scholarship money. And so schools whose tuition is much more than 7000 a year, and that's many of our best Christian schools, uh, their families still keep using tax credit scholarships because the potential to get a full scholarship is there, whereas ESA money is going to top out at about seven thousand. Um, how so? How is ESA not socialism? Well, um, I don't know an easy answer for that. Other than that, if you don't use it, you know, you're not uh, you're not subject to the socialist whims of the government. Um, but it is I, I, it is government money. Council, it is government Council. money. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I I did think of the answer to Toby's earlier point um, while you were doing your ad. Uh, the the six hundred or so that you said the district gets back for the kids that leave for ESAs. Yeah. That's because the seven thousand that a private school parent gets is only ninety. It's only ninety percent of what the government. Uh, budgeted for the public schools. So they give them the other 10%, which in some cases would be 600 more or less. Okay. Interesting. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm still pretty concerned about uh, the whole setup, but I, 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 are we out of time? We got yeah. We got, we got to go. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that I, I keep, I keep thinking, and maybe this is something we can, we can talk with you again sometime, Tom, about, but I, well, I'd like to leave part, with my proposal. Part, part, yeah. Okay. But part of my question, and well, I think this is going to lead right into yours is I'm okay. still unsure of why we have not yet been able just to simply raise a f- straightforward free market flag. And what I mean by that is in no other area of the market, am I required to pay for things I'm not buying? <laughs> like why why you know if the government said you have to buy this soap you have to buy this car you have to i mean there's a whole bunch of people i think that would i hope would say what i'm not gonna i don't want to pay for things i don't want how's ukraine getting money again my crane ukraine oh yeah. <laughs> stop it okay <laughs> uh my crane <laughs> yeah what is wrong with my crane um but i i, I think i i i'm hungry eager to see some Christians say, you know what, let's just fly a free market flag, you know, call it the libertarian flag, whatever. I'm not even a libertarian, but like, why should I pay for schools? I don't want to use. And I I want to keep my money and pay for the education I want to pay for, for my kids. Um, Why can't we run that play? And why do we have to keep going through the government 
uh, in order to get sort of ask master of the plantation. Council. If I can please. I I have thoughts about that, too, and I'm not sure about it, Knox. But I I, I I appreciate it. But I I don't know if that's how we're going to get things done, actually. Well, I have have a quick answer. We have to destroy the mandatory attendance law. I've been fighting against that for years. Okay. Why is that important? Because then they wouldn't have any say over where our kids are at all anyway. They ain't got nothing over mine. Well, Idaho, I guess Idaho doesn't have that. I, I, because mandatory I attendance I've, law. I've, I've never Almost every state has a mandatory attendance law. But so, I, I don't have to tell the state where my kids are ever. I understand that. But I'm saying that it would take us one more step removed okay. from any yeah. of their interests. Well, you don't, you don't, yeah, you don't, I appreciate you don't it. You own your kids if they got to tell you where they got to be at. Here's, I, I want to end with my proposal. All right. Um, I'm actually working on this in Idaho with uh, some legislators. Does that have anything to do with a council? Um, no, no, okay. no, no council. We got, we're this is actually where I'm going to side with Gabe. Okay. We're a long ways I, I, away I, from that. I'm, actually, I'm, I'm with Gabe you on know, this so, so I take Robert Burton's point about don't fight socialism with socialism. That's, that, yeah. that's a helpful point. And so one of the things that uh, I'm proposing with a legislator, hopefully we're going to, we're checking the laws and checking the books and talking to lawyers and all that stuff. Uh, what we're trying to do is we're saying if a family wants to opt out of the public school system is that you get to keep the portion of your property tax that normally would go to the public school system like and use it for your own. Yeah. Now, the, the, the crazy thing about this, this is actually a very cheap way for the state to do this because your property tax, about 50% of your property taxes go to public schools here in Idaho. And so that means you know probably on average, it's probably around $2,000 a year that you would keep. Right. Most ESA, most voucher programs, yeah, they're, are six thousand, seven thousand, yeah. yeah. So, so this would actually be a relatively inexpensive way to do it, and it does two things. Yeah, one, it, it you it doesn't do the socialism recycle thing. Mm-hmm. You just get to keep your property taxes immediately, um, the fifty percent that goes towards. Imagine public that. School. Number two is it starts to put a dent in to to property taxes. Property taxes. Yeah, I like that. Which are wicked. you know, and which so that, that's that's what I think should be should be happening. Okay, um, Tom, you got the last word. Yeah. Um, I agree with that, and that is related to the mandatory attendance law. The reason they steal our property taxes is because these are all these are schools for all our kids. So all of you have to participate by giving your property wow. tax. Wow! Yeah, man, I appreciate mm-hmm. you, Tom. Th- mm-hmm. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, and I uh, hope we can keep in touch. Absolutely. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids? And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. So you don't like a council idea? <laughs> really? What if council's been bad for us? Yeah. Oh, you, you never heard of the, all the other ones? <laughs> the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow. Through the Spirit, God's Word changes lives. It cuts us to the heart and reshapes us. As you strive to read and study Scripture, having a good set of tools can help. From setting reminders for a great reading plan, to word studies and commentaries that shed light on difficult passages, to listening on the go, the Olive Tree Bible app can help you dig into the Word wherever you are. Olive Tree Bible app. Read, study, listen, anywhere.